Hello there, and welcome to Cincinnati Sports Review. My name is Eric. My name is Nick. We're going to be talking about the 2019 Cincinnati Bengals season. So, introductions out of the way. We'll go and kind of get started with, this is our first podcast, so we'll talk about kind of a background of where we sit as sports fans, Cincinnati Bengals fans in, in general. Uh, so the first question we're going to kind of bring up is, uh, when did you become a Cincinnati Bengals fan? Well, you go first. Yeah, so I started pretty young. My family has always watched games together and used to be a big get-togethers when they would play. Um, and then in high school, I watched most of the games with my dad. And that's how I started. Yeah, pretty pretty much the same. Dad was a big sports fan. I remember going down to the old, uh, I guess it was Riverfront Stadium. Riverfront. Old, back in the day. And then I, I think I, my dad says we went to the first game at Paul Brown Stadium. It was like a preseason game. That's pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. I don't really remember it. I never I went to Riverfront. Oh, man. You missed out. It was a great... I mean, it was like, it was like an old like 70s era building as it opened in like 1970. So it looks of the time. But it was beautiful. I went down... I mean, I went down for Reds games more than I did Bengals games. But still. Yeah. So our next talking point we want to bring up is uh, uh, favorite current Bengals player. Uh, I think I had struggled personally between Andy Dalton or AJ Green because they're both wow. so good. Very very basic answers, but they're just they carry this team for eight nine years. So they came out right out the bat, and just killed it. Yeah, I would I would have to say Joe Mixon. Um, if we're going to look forward into the future, Joe Mixon is going to be the guy. He's really one of our only star players left right now. <laughs> um, it's only going to get worse from here. Yeah, so yeah. Joe Mixon's my favorite right now. Yeah. Phil, who's your favorite historical player? I think we're going to have the same answer. Uh, I don't think so. You don't think so? Okay. So I have I, I have to pick two because I need one from both sides. And okay. my offensive player would be Chad Johnson. Okay, so we the same here. Why? Well, he, come on, it's Chad Johnson. He's so charismatic. He was great. He had all those famous catchphrases and all the stuff from... Touchdown dances. Touchdown dances. Yeah, he really put like the Bengals on the national map. Nobody really cared about us before. We were kind of the, the laughing stock of the NFL. Yeah. Pretty, pretty bad times before Marvin Lewis came in. Even though he, was, he got drafted before the Marvin Lewis era kicked in. But still... Who's your favorite defense player? Though? You go first. I want, I want to oh, I didn't think about this. I was I just oh. thought favorite historical in general. Uh, okay, so defensive player mine would have to be Vontez Perfect. Okay, don't blame you. Yeah, he just brought intensity that we hadn't had before, and had that old school player mentality. Yeah, if he would have played like in the league like ten years before he did, he never would have gotten any of those fines and stuff that he did. Yeah, but I agree, he did some up things. But... He did, yeah, but you know, nobody's perfect. I guess. I guess. I guess the what's the bar now? Is it Miles Garrett helmet? Is that the <laughs> bar smashing? Helmet smashing. Yeah, making um, making Vontez look great with that one. All right. So now we're gonna move into the favorite moment. What's been your favorite moment of the past? However many years we've been watching. Uh, my favorite moment was we were playing the Broncos Monday Night Football 2014. Uh, when and we're in that game. Peyton Manning, he threw like four picks. Uh, I that think was a good one. The third or fourth one was a pick six by Dre Kirkpatrick. He took to the end zone. Dre. Good old Dre. And uh, that was great. Uh, we were up three rows, I think, from the top. 
me and my dad and my brother and just like the pure excitement it was a sold out crowd I think it was, I think it was the largest or is up there with the largest crowds uh, that one was probably my favorite moment as a Bengals fan so I probably have two okay first one would be the Jerome Simpson flip that was really fun um, second one would be the 2015 playoff game against the Steelers that, up f- until <laughs> the fumble. Oh, jeez. Because I legitimately thought we were going to win our first playoff game in years. That we should have won that game. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk about that. It makes me angry. But I'm gonna go back to that Jerome Simpson flip uh, because we were watching that. Do you remember? Like that was back when before the rules changed, where you had to sell out the whole game for it to be on TV. So back then we were coming off a bad year and that was Andy's first year. And so they had, uh, we had to like watch it illegally. There was a couple websites that we had used to watch it. And I remember like that, the game, that game in specific was like lagging constantly. It was like a one o'clock game. And so we're all in my parents' basement watching it on the computer. And it, it, it like kept lagging up until like that flip play. And like, that's got to be like one of the most like acrobatic athletic things I've ever seen an athlete do. The, with pads on, yeah. That's... With pads on, and he stuck the landing, and he got hit like midair too. I think it was like number one on Sports Center for like. Oh yeah, they replayed it a lot. I think he got like retired. Like it was the longest, one of the longest running plays. And he didn't really do much after that. No, he didn't. <laughs> he got picked up in Minnesota and got marijuana charges. Didn't he? Yeah, I remember that. That was funny. So. 2019, we're going to get into the last year and kind of talk about that overall. 2019 was awful. It was a a dumpster fire. So I didn't watch most of the games for 2019. Um, I said after last season I wasn't going to watch any games, so I didn't. I didn't watch a single full game through. Maybe that's why they lost so much. You weren't watching. Yeah, (laughs) maybe. But, uh, yeah, so let's talk about the draft first. Let's talk about the draft. I pulled it up on my phone. I put my phone away, so now I don't remember. The first pick, they picked an offensive tackle. I think position-wise, good choice. We needed it. We needed a tackle after Cedric O'Boyhee. He was awful. Uh, So we've got Jonah Williams, who immediately got hurt and didn't play the whole year. That was great. Then we got Drew Sample, who didn't even get a catch, I don't think. Do you have any? I'm not sure. I don't know if he had any catches. I don't think he had any catches. He was insignificant, too. To the plays, basically. Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if he, he was supposed to be drafted as a receiving or blocking tight end, but when you have Eifert and Uzama, we didn't really use our tight ends much this year. No, anyway, so. we'll we'll get into that yeah. later. Right. And then third pick, they got Jermaine Pratt, uh, who I think when he was drafted as late as he was, he was considered a steal. I think it took him a while to kind of get acclimated. I think halfway through the year, they cut Preston Brown. That kind of gave him a chance to play. Pretty good player. I've seen. I think he's all right. Um, I think he still plays slow, which is surprising considering he was he came out as being a fast linebacker from college. But I think that's a problem with all of our linebackers; they play yeah. really slow. Um, yeah, I think we'll see. I think, I think in general our our linebacker crew is pretty slow. I think Vigil's probably a little bit faster, but he's he's pretty small. But he's not the best tackler, especially in space. So. Then we drafted Ryan Finley, and we will get into that. But that was a bad pick. Kind of a waste of a fourth round pick. 
for a, a quarterback. You kind of already had Andy Dalton. Could use the skill player, skill position to kind of bolster up some spots and maybe gotten the late round quarterback pick. Especially considering how much we needed other positions to take a late quarterback, we could have gotten a skill position. Yeah, and his, his skill set really wasn't sustainable in the NFL. He's not much more than a backup. Yeah. I mean, not that all fourth-round picks are going to be, you know, starters and great, but we can always hope for the best. And we picked, and after that, I think it kind of dives off. We didn't really see a lot of these players play too much. Um, I did did not know we drafted Michael Jordan, which is impressive. I didn't think a 50-year-old man who previously retired twice in basketball was going to come out and play football, you know. He actually played a bit. Yeah. And he was terrible, but... Oh, well, that's what happens when you're 50 years old and you played... Is that joke done? Yeah, that's Okay, done. we're done with that one. A couple running backs. Didn't see too much time in the field. I don't think uh, most of our running backs at all kind of saw much playing time because Joe Mixon was... No. Gio didn't even see that much no. play time this year. Um, yeah, I don't even know if some of these guys made the final roster. I'm, I'm sure some of them didn't. But. So I think overall, the first draft class for Zach Taylor, pretty bad. Uh, no stars. I mean, it's it's really hard to say, you know, straight up right now. That's it's true. only been one season, but I feel like we don't ever really play with our first round draft picks anyway. Yeah, it seems like they're always they're always hurt, or hurt, they're, or they're terrible. Sit out a full year. Yeah. Yeah, so let's talk about the regular season. And I think you mentioned before, you didn't watch a single game. I didn't watch a single game all the way That's through. That's impressive to be a Bengals fan. <clears throat> Start a podcast about them and did not watch the entire game. It was bad. I, I think I watched pretty much all of them. And it was, it was bad. A lot of <clears throat> bad play calling decisions. A lot of bad like ideas, concepts that they tried doing that don't work for the players that they had. And I feel like there was a lot of missed opportunity for the advantage, like, as good of players as they had at the tight end and running back positions that they were not utilized at all, pretty much. Uh, I, don't, I think Tyler Eifert had one touchdown catch like the first eight games or something like that. I'm about to look that up. I think it's very obvious that Zach Taylor's still a young coach. Um, he definitely didn't play to our team's strengths. Yeah. Um, I think, especially in the earlier half of the season, not using... Uh, Joe Mixon more. Uh, a lot of the times we ran it in the first half and then gave up by the second half. I, I kind of feel that he came into this job and he was like, we're going to set up a game plan. The game plan's going to be we're only going to throw to the wide receivers because I think Dalton had like 400 and something yards in the first game in Seattle, which really set the tone for the entire year. But Everyone was optimistic after that. I was super optimistic. We talked about that. I was so optimistic. So I guess that that is not true. I I did watch the first game all the way through. Yeah, you did. Yeah, because we were talking about that one. But so, like, okay, you start the year. You go on the road to Seattle, which is a hard place to play to begin with. You lose by one point. Uh, That's a good loss. You know, I think, think, what's his name? Is it Randy Bullock? Is he still our kicker? He missed a field goal. I think there was a big fourth down or third or fourth down conversion that Boyd had slipped on. I don't think he was wide open. Could have gotten a play for a first down. At least got us a field goal. But I think he slipped and fell, and that shut down that drive. So overall, like a lot of optimism. Uh, and I remember seeing like social media posts from like the big 
media conglomerates like CBS, Fox, and saying they weren't like bad mouthing the Bengals earlier in the year. They were playing well. They just weren't winning until like halfway through, and they're like, "Oh my god, these guys are really bad." You don't go. You, you, you a good team can go zero and three, but bad teams go zero and eight. Yeah, well, before the season started, no one really had great expectations for us, except for Bengals fans. I think they were kind of delusional, but. I mean, a lot of people said we would only win two, three games. That I mean, I think the consensus well, around. I think from like sports us, talk. As, yeah, from a sports talk, people who know what they're talking about, but us fans who had Marvin Lewis for sixteen seasons, I think we were just excited for a new change. I think we were thinking uh, a new coach was going to come in and take us on the right direction because like there's a lot of coaches out there who have taken bad teams and flipped them around like Kyle Shanahan with the 49ers took a team with a lottery pick I don't know if we that is that the term to use lottery pick for football can we use that sure sure he's like a top five pick and boom all of a sudden you know they're playing in the Super Bowl so to take a six win team and make them into a winning team was not, is not like an unreasonable thought I think Straight up, it's not an unreasonable thought, but our team had glaring talent, um, missing talent in key positions, and we didn't improve on any of those positions from 2018 to 19. So I didn't see any real reason we would have done better. Yeah, you were looking at it like a very like realistic approach. I, on the other hand, was hoping for the best. I, I think we, I did know because we talked about it that the offensive line was definitely still a struggle, and it has been basically since Wentworth left. Yep. That's the glaring hole. Um, I mean, I feel like Andy Dalton the past, like, three or four years, he's a little bit more anxious in the pocket because he feels like, you know, he's pressured from Elisa. He doesn't have that security blanket. Because didn't, didn't Whitworth go a couple years without giving up a sack or one or yep. two sacks? Yep, so you got that kind of security blanket on you, and you're like, okay, I don't got to even worry about my blind side. Well, to be fair, the last season Whitworth was here, we didn't do so well either. So, I don't, I, I personally don't think that was an offensive issue. I think I think kicking in the twenty sixteen was his last yeah. year with us. I think the, the I think uh, if we had a better kicking game that year, we would have at least been five hundred because of the he missed it. Was it Neil Rackers? What was his name? What was the guy's Ooh. name? Ted Nugent. Mike Nugent. Yeah. Nugent. Mike Nugent. Yeah. Ted Nugent. Ted Nugent. I'm all over the place. <laughs> uh, Mike Nugent missed a, an easy uh, extra point in the tie against the Redskins in 2016. That would have given the seven wins instead of the tie. And then the last game, one of the last games of the year, they played Houston in Houston, and new kicker Randy Bullock came in, missed a chip shot, 30-yarder. That would have put us at 8-8. Eight eight. Uh so that would have given us, like, more to build on rather than just, like, okay, we had another, we had a bad year coming off, you know, the playoff disaster. Can we talk about the run game? We can. Because you mentioned earlier, Joe Mixon is your favorite player. Yep. Rightfully so. He's the first running back to go back-to-back for 1,000 yards since Rudy. And everybody loves Rudy. Rudy's great. And that's impressive. That Because that... I don't think he had back-to-back since, like, 06, maybe? Yeah. 05, 06, or something like that? It's been so, a while. It's been a while. It's been a long time. And if we can lock him up on a long-term deal, we would anticipate. Which we should. I mean, 
We he's got, really our only star player. Right we got now. the cap space. We always yeah. have cap space. Um, especially considering the offensive line that we have that he's running behind. It's yeah. Really awful. Well, um, I was. They did do better in the second half of the season, though. I yeah, that's. I, I want to talk about that because the first like eight games, uh, he had 300 yards. They weren't running the ball at all. Agio didn't have anything more than that either. They were. I think his first two games he had like 34 yards combined or something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that they weren't using a major piece of winning football formula, like I get that the game has changed a lot in like the last like 10 years and there's more of an emphasis on passing, sure. But the best teams still run the ball. So for them to not use that uh, aspect of the game to me is mind-boggling. And it, it was to me confusing why it took Zach Taylor eight weeks to figure that out. And after that he went on a tear. He was pretty much on par with Derrick Henry in terms of yards. Started getting the ball more and then I mean they got more wins in the second half of the year than they did the first half. So yep. it's not the best you know argument or data point to use but it's something. But yeah. I wish they would have ran the ball more throughout the year. You do you, do you feel like we don't have a lot of those like really big explosive run plays? I think we've had more. We've we've had more. I think um, the second half of the season. Uh, I think Mixon is a guy that can be a really big explosive player. I'm kind of talking about like Bengals in general, though. Like I feel like as a whole, like as a franchise. Yeah, historically we haven't. Yeah. Historically we've been, you know, small yard gain. The the one backs. the one big running play I remember is in that Broncos game a Jeremy Hill had like an 87 yarder or something mm-hmm. like that that's like the one big explosive run play, play that I can think of but other than that I'd have to oh there's that one with Geo when he ran like a, he ran, he went like played the Dolphins and they, he like went and reversed it and I think he totaled like a full 100 yards running or something like that something ridiculous yeah I think historically the Bengals at least under Marvin Lewis have ran a lot of uh, power run and yeah yeah get that four yards earn it kind of like wear out the defense more than you know if you if you hit a you 70 yard run half the players probably stop running once you hit daylight you know yep so but if you can kind of like burn them out i think that was the marvin lewis mentality and i guess the zach taylor mentality is just don't run the ball at all all right what else we can talk about how, uh, I, th- I think we still need to talk about the offensive line because that's yeah. that's been our glaring issue since the the playoff the year two thousand fifteen. Um, we just haven't hit on any of our draft picks really. No, um, Cedric Oweihi. I, I read an article that said like, uh, so the yeah, the plan was they were going to draft two in twenty fifteen. They were going to draft two tackles. Uh, in the event that Whitworth left, you have, you know. Two offensive linemen that were gonna possibly take the spot, and the odds of them both not being very good was gonna be pretty low. You know, mm-hmm. you don't expect two first round or two tackles taken in the first round, first two rounds, to be bad, and they ended up both being bad. I don't think either of them are on a team right now. I'd have to look that up. And then they did the big trade. They traded for um, Cordy Glenn. He didn't even play. He had a concussion for like nine weeks or something ridiculous like that. He didn't play for most of the year. And when he did play, he wasn't very good. No, I think Bobby Hart played better. And Bobby Hart, Bobby Hart didn't play well either. No, um, <laughs> Billy Price got benched. 
I remember he came in, I think it was the Steelers game, he came in for like four plays and gave up a sack in there. <sighs> it was weird that we drew, like the one Ohio State lineman that we pick is like like the worst of the bunch. Like, because they all, all those Ohio State linemen are always like great, solid blockers, but we pick the one guy who's not. It's like, that's, that's just our luck, you know. But, yeah, bad year blocking-wise. Uh, I mean, I think Trey Hopkins had a good year. I think pro football fo- focus loved him a lot. I think he put up... At one, I think I saw at one point he was like the fourth best rated center in the NFL at one point. Just something. And they got Jonah Williams. Hopefully they can get another high draft pick on attack. I guess we'll talk about the upcoming draft later. But. Yeah, but... but. The consensus is we need more help on the offensive line, and whether that be draft or free agents, we need something, or else this next season's not going to be any good. No, and and if you are under the assumption we take a quarterback number one overall... Which is a given. It's probable. I would be shocked if they took anything else. I think they'll probably take Joe Burrow, but... If if they don't take a quarterback with the first pick, I'm not going to watch any. This games podcast is over. Yeah, <laughs> did two episodes. We're done. Uh, yeah. So I guess let's talk about Joe Burrow then. Let's first talk about pick. Joe Burrow first pick. That's uh, for me. That's a given. That has to happen. Yeah. Like, okay, so won the Heisman national championship. He was like second all time and and um passing yards in the season, number one all-time in passing touchdowns in the season. Mm-hmm. Like, I think T.J. Hushmanzada, former Bengals wide receiver, said that, I don't know why I have to say that, but everybody should know who T.J. Hushmanzada is. I'm pretty sure everybody does. I'm pretty sure everybody does. That was kind of a dumb comment. But uh, T.J. Hushmanzada said that if Carson Palmer couldn't take us out of the, um, the fire hole or whatever, nobody could. Okay. Counterpoint though is Carson Palmer didn't have as good of a year Joe Burrow did in his, in his Heisman year because of the reasons I just said uh, national championship passing yards um, passing touchdowns he had a really good completion percentage too uh, the the big thing for me is Joe Burrow showed up in the big games he can he played well in the big games he didn't crumble and I that I think that's a fair valid criticism of Andy Dalton is that he didn't play well in the big games. I think a lot of the pressure got to him. And I think that won't happen with Burrow. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. I mean, it hasn't so far. You know what's a really weird like thing about primetime games? Like Since they moved NBC Sunday Night Football to NBC, uh, the Bengals are like 0-11. They've never won on Sunday Night Football. <laughs> they've won on Thursday night and they've won on Monday night. They can't win on Sunday night and I have no idea why. I don't know if it's Martin like... Lewis. We even... even uh, What's his name? I mean, I think... I don't think I mean, we didn't have any wins last year to really talk about, but I think you know Zach Taylor didn't win much in in primetime games. You know, we just had the one, right? Yeah, but I thought wasn't the rule you were, every team was supposed to have two? I don't, I don't know. We didn't get a Thursday night game this year. I thought that was weird. And well, considering really terrible. Well, but the we had the Thursday night game last year in 2018 with the Vince the Ravens was a great game. It was, but I don't know why that we didn't get we got. The shaft on that one. But yeah, I agree. Hopefully we take Joe Burrow. Takes us out of the hole. I think at the same time, we need a lot of support around him. The thing is, we have a lot of passing um, weapons right now, still. 
Um, presumably, AJ Green is going to be still playing. Kind of fingers crossed. Um, you know, we got Ross still. I think with the right quarterback, Ross can excel. Uh, yeah, I think he needs to have more plays where he doesn't get hit because he's super fast, but he's super fragile. Like, he's very injury prone. And that's one thing Andy Dalton was good at was throwing people right into getting tackled. So I think somebody else, a different quarterback will help. Hopefully. Um, we still have Eifert, presumably. What do you think they're going to do with the pending free agents? I'm, I don't know about the smaller names, but the, like the big names, Eifert, Green. Um, I guess throw Dalton in there too. Dalton isn't a free agent. But it's, he should be traded. He should be traded. Uh, we kind of destroyed his trade value this past season by benching him. Um, We're going to so, talk about that, too. Yeah. But A.J. Green, we should be able to resign, re-sign him to something like a three-year three year deal. He said he wants to stay, so hopefully he stays. There's no reason not to keep him, as long as the the money's there. Which um, is like, we never, we never like dip into the salary cap. So, for me, there's no reason to spend the money on, you know, one of your franchise's best players. You know, I get that he's on, you know, just from age-wise, just on the back end, you know. He's in his 30s now. Injury this, injury that. The dude still plays. Dude's still a a god out there among men. So, I don't see why we don't keep him. Eifert, if, if he's cheap for another one-year deal, why not? Yeah. He he's still could be a good red zone target. Um, he's... Clearly can't play every down, but that's fine. If it's a cheap deal, it's fine. Yeah. Um, Denard, I don't care if he goes. Uh, I, I hope. I fingers crossed he goes. Um, he does play well in the slot, but I don't know. It's, it's probably not. He's probably not worth the money he wants. Wasn't there like a? I think a, I think we could save like twenty million dollars if like on cap space if like Dre, Cordy Glenn, and Andy Dalton's contracts weren't on the books for next year. Is that? That'd be good. I mean. I love Dre, but but he's just not needed. Um, I think someone like uh, this guy McCray. I think we should resign him. He could probably fill the role. I think uh, Jackson's coming up on a contract here too. Hopefully, we resign him. Uh, I'm pretty sure we would. He's he's one of those like players that like he doesn't show up on like the like standard stat sheet. Like if you're looking at like you know interceptions and passes deflected, he's not great. But like I think. When it comes to, like, there's one pro football focus number. We're going to reference that a lot because they have a lot of good statistics that are kind of outside the box. But, like, number of, like, yards given up per passing play, he's, he's one of the best in the league. So I guess he's just either not thrown at as much. I feel like if he gets thrown at, it's like a big play. He doesn't get thrown at a whole lot. So I think he's a pretty good player. I hope, we, I, hope we, I think this is his contract here, and hopefully we, we resign him. 16, 17, 18, 19. Yeah, this is his contract here. Yeah, so... Um, who else? Nick Vigil. I uh, I could see him go. I, 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 like, I like the guy personally. He's made a lot of mistakes and given up a lot of big plays. I think he's, like, one of the worst in terms of, like, missed tackles. Yeah. So that's unfortunate. I um, think he's just... He's too small to play, like... Does he play middle linebacker or is he an outside linebacker? I think he played middle... I think he this, did too. this season, but I, he's a little sure. too small to be the, the middle linebacker. You want more of like a perfect Luke Kuechly type, 
to kind of man down the middle. Even though Burphy didn't play middle linebacker. He played strong side, but yeah. He was pretty strong. Anyway, uh, Andrew Billings, too. He can... He didn't live up to his potential. He no. Can... The dude, like, the dude, like, benched like crazy. My dad kept talking about it, like, like, Andrew Billings was, like, dude. number one in the strength thing, and I'm like, holy crap. I'm, you know, I think, and I think maybe that kind of gets in fans' minds, too. You can hear something like that, and then your expectations kind of change a little, but. And then we got Brandon Wilson. We're probably going to resign Was he him. the return guy? He was, like, a safety slash return say, guy. Yeah. yeah. But definitely want to bring him back. <clears throat> Josh Tupo, defensive tackle, didn't play much, but he did play. I'd imagine they're going to bring him back. Um, Alex Redman, I could really see him go. He has no reason to be on this team. Uh, Clayton Fedulum, got to keep him. I'd imagine they're going to keep him. Big special teams guy. I think he's a better safety than Sean Williams. I think he can be. Yeah. I think if he, he had makes less time. mistakes. He makes a lot less mistakes. But Sean, he's not as athletic. Sean Williams is a lot of like, uh, you know, I'm going to make a boneheaded dumb play and I'm going to make up for it with a big interception or something like that. So he's very like teeter totter. Yeah. Um, hard hitter. He played a lot. Of, he played like a lot of linebacker. We had talked about that years ago about him moving to. Yeah. Who was that guy that we always played in between? I can't remember. Was it Nelson? No. Nickel linebacker, safety position. We've played around with that um, for a while. Taylor was it Taylor Mays? Yeah, Taylor Mays. Yeah, and we just could never get it to work. But yeah, I think that's. I think that idea is still like a couple years down the line. I don't think it's going to work anymore. I feel like, especially looking at last season, how a lot more teams are going with run heavy offenses and having success with that. Um, it's almost like a chess game because you have you know your you know, everyone's think we're moving towards the passing league. So everybody's bringing out, they're taking the nickel in, and they're bringing in a, a third cornerback, and then you just run the ball. And I think running plays have more success on nickel formations than they do with three linebacker, four yeah. linebacker set. So it's like you, we're going to see a resurgence in the running back in like the next five, ten years, and then that'll flip-flop, you know, kind of, okay, now we're stacking the box. Let's bring in, you know, maybe the tight end or wide receiver position we'll pick back up, like, it's weird how sports kind of changes throughout time and how different strategies play to win. Even though, like, some of the older ones, like, just run the ball in crucial situations always seems to take the lead. Yeah, but you saw teams like Tennessee, you know, I find a lot of success running. So we are seeing that that transition now. Back to... Back to running. Because if you look at all the, the quarterback numbers, they're all down from, you know previous years. Except for James Winston, he had like 5,000 throwing yards. Yeah. He had I like mean, 30 picks, and, and, Yeah. And then you still have uh, Patrick Mahomes, too, still playing well. But I think overall, we're going to see a trend start to happen where it's going to be more run heavy, which is why Joe Mixon is so important going yeah. forward. I would agree 100%. Uh, Hardy, Hardy Nickerson. Got to let him go. He shouldn't be in the NFL. Please put him somewhere else. So I think that's that's most of the free agents. And at least the bigger names. The big names. What what about what about positions we need to like shore up and I think we kinda of touched on this So I offensive think the offensive line. line is important. I think um, especially defensively we 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 have a lot of aging playmakers that we need to replace. Uh, especially on the defensive line. I think Gino probably has a few more years. 
Uh, Dunlap has slowed down a lot. He had like nine and a half sacks last year. It's crazy. Yeah. Even though we, I think I think he had like most of them in like three games, but. Yeah, I think, but we we do have some young players there. Um, I personally don't feel like our defensive line is the issue so much as linebacker talent and scheme. I feel like if we as a team have gotten more into okay, our front four is really good. We don't need to send anybody else on blitz or we don't need to like have like a, a special design play. And that's what like Mike Zimmer was brilliant at. Was Mike Zimmer was brilliant at or okay, you you think you're going to we're going to be in a 4-3 set. Oh, we 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 pulled the defensive ends in the coverage and we blitz linebackers. Yeah, so he was able to do that because um, Reggie Nelson won, could cover deep, and then we had one-on-one cornerbacks, um, man-to-man cornerbacks, which we are severely lacking right now. Yeah, I think we could use another. I think we got so Jackson, the cornerbacks are Jackson, Kirkpatrick, McRae, uh, Denard. I think we could use it. I think I'm Jure and William or Jackson are both good options. They could use another. You know, lockdown corner for when Dre's contract is up, and they probably let him go. Yeah, we we have Darius Phillips too, and that's true. Yeah, B W Webb. <sighs> we 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 basically need another deep corner. He we so I went to that Jacksonville Jaguar game, and he dropped like two pick sixes. It's like, buddy, come on. I I know that cornerbacks don't have the best hands. That's like why they're not wide receivers. But come on, buddy. That was tough. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I would agree with you though that the defensive line is fairly solid. We have Hubbard and yeah, we also yeah, forgot about Hubbard. Uh, that could rotate in, but yeah, the linebackers we don't have any real star players on no. in the linebackers. We we definitely need a a stronger linebacker core. We don't really need a a star player like Bobby Wagner or Luke Keekley or Vontez Perfect, but we need better linebackers. I'm not too I'm not too worried about. The safety play, although I think, I do think Fedulum should start over Williams, and I think Bates. I think he had a bad year last year, but he probably yeah. He's been better. Sophomore slump, yeah. I I want to talk about Andy Dalton's benching. Okay. Should we save that for the Andy Dalton episode? If we do it now, you can mention a little bit about it for now. I I I'll do the we'll I'll do like a little short opinion on it. I think that was for me the lowest point of my Bengals fandom. Because I'm a big Andy Dalton fan, and to see him get benched on his birthday, like a day before the trade deadline, was pretty grueling to watch as a fan of the guy. Yeah, I wasn't necessarily mad about the benching. I was mad about the way they did it. Yeah. I agreed that we needed a change. I just thought it would have been better to keep him in, get some better trade value out of him so we could trade him. I think if you were to do that, that Jacksonville Jaguar game where I think he had a couple interceptions late in the game where they could have won, if you're going to like justify it, that's the time to do it. Yeah. But he, they did it after the London game. And he didn't play that bad in that game. I think they only they were on the cups of tying it, except there was a fourth down play that didn't go their way. And they, you know, they replaced them with Finley, who was a worse version of Dalton. It was like... Worse in every regard. I mean, he could move. He was a little more mobile, but yeah. he didn't bring much to the table. No, and I think I, I remember seeing in the preseason he he played I think a majority of the Redskins game. And he was he was twenty for twenty seven, which is a great completion percentage, but he only had one hundred and fifty yards. 
And to me, that was a red flag. Like, that's not... 150 yards isn't good at all. And to see, like... he, I think he averaged around, like, 125 yards a game, which isn't very good uh, at the quarterback standpoint when you're not running the ball. I think they did... I think once... Because he had a bye week to get ready. They announced it, like, that Sunday after. I don't even think they were home from England yet. And they announced it... No, maybe it was on Tuesday. But either way, he had time to prepare and didn't play that well. Against teams that were on the lower tier, like he had... uh, They played Raiders on the road. Raiders weren't that good last year. They had a better record, I think, than their team was. Uh, and they, they played the Steelers, who also weren't very good last year, and both were very one-score winnable games. Uh, who was the other team that they played? Finley? Can't remember. Maybe it was the Ravens. Either way, no. I don't remember. But either way, he didn't play very well. And for for people, we can get more in, into this when we talk about Andy Dalton next week. Uh, it's I think Bengals fandom has this like like backup fallacy because they saw you know. Everybody thinks that the backup quarterback is going to be actually better than the starting quarterback because it's like Tom Brady comes in and, you know, Drew Bledsoe gets hurt in 2000 or 2001 and Brady comes in, wins a couple Super Bowls. and That's like an outlier that this doesn't happen. Like, if he was really that good, if A.J. McCarron was really that good, he would have stalled and never made it Like, they would have found that out in training camp and they wouldn't have, like, let Andy Dalton play. As long as he did. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, we haven't really had many misses with our starting quarterbacks. Carson Palmer and Andy Dalton have been good quarterbacks. Yeah. There'd be, there's really no reason to say, while they were playing well, that the backup would have been better. But that did happen a lot. Yeah, especially with McCarron. I think people think that, you know, just because Nick Saban and the Alabama defense won him two national championships, then meant he was going to be a better passer than Dalton. To me, it was very laughable. What do I know? I'm just we're just doing this podcast. Let's talk about the AFC North and okay. uh, where it stands next season. You know, the AFC North has lost a lot of its power that it had before. Mm-hmm. Steelers aren't doing that used well. Used to be one of the, like the best divisions in the AFC. Uh, the Browns had a lot of hype. It was a lot of like, well, it was like in prior years, it was a lot of like rotating. It was like, okay, the Bengals and then and then the Steelers were really good for about from like 2009, 2015. We were both really good and kind of going back and forth between who was winning the division and then Ravens would pop up every once in a while and they do really well. So it was like always like a revolving door of talent and then the Browns were obviously a hot dumpster fire that's being pushed into a vat of lava. Very bad. Well, they had a lot... The Browns are looking up, I think. They were. I think they had a lot of talent. They have a lot of talent on the team. Um, they just have no consistency with... Coaching and such. That's like, I think that's their biggest problem. I think if they had like stuck with a head coach and like a GM for like more than just a year, I think they would be in a better position. But they're like, we got to win right now. And it's like, you need time to like build it up. Like, it's hard. Like, it's very rare a coach comes in on his first year and they win a Super Bowl. Like, and if it does, it's on a team that already has prior success and they just needed a jump start. I think the biggest surprise was the Ravens for me, yeah. being as good as they were. They just kept and, winning, man. Yep, and they had, you know, Lamar Jackson had a lot of heat before the season started. You know, nobody thought he could grow to become an actual quarterback. He got much better at his passing. He, like, was... You, I mean, people make the joke of him being a running back, but he had more rushing attempts than passing attempts his first year. 
Yeah, I just don't see anybody in the division, you know, overtaking them next year. I, I do think with running quarterbacks, it's you you only got like two or three years, and then they just fall apart, taking too many hits. When you're like standing in the pocket and you're you're being hit, it's not as much force and momentum because you're already standing still. But if you're a running quarterback and you're taking hits in the open field. It's, I think, a lot more damaging on your body. That's why. Sure. They you know, running quarterbacks here. You don't really, you know, you don't really have to have a sustainable career if you just want to win Super Bowls, which yeah. is what the teams want. So. Yeah, the NFL don't really care if you destroy your body within the span of a year. Yeah, I, I could, I could see the Ravens uh, going to the Super Bowl next year. I think it would be hard to get past. You still got Tom Brady, and you still have. Uh, Tom Brady didn't have the greatest of years last year. I think he's definitely on the downward slope. You think he's going to stay in New England? I can't tell. Oh. It's hard to say. Right I, are, you, are you ready for my, my, my perfect ideal oh. scenario? You ready? Oh. This, this is going to be radical. So, my ideal scenario, and this is what I really, really want, uh, more than anything else, is... Um, so we draft Joe Burrow, number one overall. Uh, free agency comes around. And Tom Brady wants to kind of go somewhere else, you know. It's, it's pretty cold him in New England, you know. So he's, he's thinking, you know, he's going to go somewhere warm. He goes to another team. Uh, Belichick thinks he can win with Andy Dalton. He trades for Andy, and then they sign A.J. Green, and then they win a Super Bowl together. That's my ideal. That would make me really happy. Uh, that's like my perfect ideal scenario of a non-Super Bowl champion season of the Bengals is if Andy Dalton, one of my, like I said, one of my personal personal favorite players, goes and wins. I think he's taking a lot more heat than he should have. So be really nice to kind of get that one in. Yeah, that's a crazy scenario. That's crazy, that's yeah. Um, I mean, I can dream. What are your expectations for... Yeah, so what I want is... Well, uh, what do you think the record's going to be just now before anything's happened? Okay, before anything happens, before any... Major decisions have been made. They're probably gonna go. I'm gonna bet like five and eleven. Okay, I think. Yeah, I I I, I think five wins is is probable. I don't I don't see him. I, he'll probably get better, but they still got a lot of work to do before they hit the winning record. I think they'll place better than the Steelers. I think the Browns will place ahead of us, and obviously the you Ravens, think Ravens are gonna win. number one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip Ravens and Steelers because I think yeah. you think the Steelers are gonna win. They always get the calls, so yeah. All right, that's my opinion. Especially if Big Ben comes, if Big Ben's still playing, then yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up our first podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll try to be back next week with another episode. Talk about Andy Dalton. Uh, his kind of look Dalton. back on his career moving forward. We'll we'll I'll dive more into my wild conspiracy. I guess it's not a conspiracy. Well, uh, dream. Dream. Dream, yeah. My, hope, my hopes and dreams. Cool. Thank you very much for listening. See you next time.